podcast starts. Hello, dear listener. Happy New Year 2023, and welcome back to the podcast where sometimes we talk about horror. Mostly we talk about horror, sometimes we talk about other things, and sometimes we swear. I am joined on this first episode of 2023 by the wonderful Kirsty Warrow. Hello, Kirsty. Hello. And the marvellous Ian Winterton. Hello, Ian. Hello, Dan. How are you doing? I'm very well. Uh, and as Ian said, I'm Dan, uh, otherwise known as TD Velasquez. And listener, this might be different for you, but as we record, it is the last day of Christmas. Um, so and this was an idea that I hoped we'd be able to do earlier in Christmas um, because it's, it's a little bit of easy work for us. It's an episode where we get to be or pretend to be DJs for an episode. Um, if any uh, listeners who heard uh, the previous episode of this podcast, you will have heard myself and Howard from a, u- a few years ago talking about favourite pieces of music from horror movies and things, and I wanted to extend a similar um, fun to our current hosts. So that's why we've got a bunch of tracks which we will play um, extracts from for you. Um, not the whole track because we don't want to get sued, even though we make absolutely no money from this podcast. I would just like to make that absolutely clear. Absolutely no money. Yes, absolutely <laughs> no money. But we have lots and lots of fun, which is, I suppose, a form yes. of payment. So um, I've made a little order um, and we're going to talk for a few minutes about each. We've only got limited time. So we're going to go straight to it. Listeners, you'll have to trust that Ian and Kirsty and I have done the whole how are you, did you have a good Christmas thing just before we started recording. Oh, by the way, just in case you want to imagine, listener, um, I am wearing a Christmas jumper because it is still Christmas as we record. I am going to get absolutely the maximum use out of this. (laughs) But anyway, let's get to the music. We got a sherry on the go. Uh, I've actually got Bailey's. I've got Bailey's. Yeah, yeah, the Christmas drink. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have so much Bailey's. People just buy me Bailey's at Christmas, and it lasts me all year. Oh, you make me jealous. I'm in dry January, so I feel like we're out of kilter. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Well, the 12th is still not quite 12th night. Yeah, exactly. Also, listener, if if Dan starts to slur as we go through this, you'll know why. (laughs) Well, yes, I've also had a coffee. So I do feel kind of... W- I had a non-decaf coffee and it's getting to me a little bit. And I've been fasting because I'm trying to lose the two stone I've just put on in a week. And, oh and so I've gone a bit mad. Right. <laughs> but uh, so if I start sounding sane, that's why. The coffee. Coffee and hunger. Luckily, the music we've selected is in no way twisted and will not exacerbate <laughs> any sense of madness. So... I, I've assembled the, uh, a nice um, running order, album styly of all the tracks that we chose, and we're going to start off with one of your selections, Kirsty. Yes. Kirsty's first track is a, a piece of music that was completely new to me. It is The Woods by Sam Furman. Have a listen to this. The two of us in two The woods behind the little school Two went in and one came home We didn't go in there alone Your eyes were lovely as you danced With centipedes and little ants a fort of lovers' teeth and some of mother's sheets. I was a boy and I was good, but there are witches in these woods. They followed us into the trees, wearing crowns of twigs and leaves. You and I were in the mud And paint ourselves with spider's blood Your eyes are lovely, dark and denser 
Rattling legs of salamander Little creature you unspun Skin and bones and brains and blood A boy and I was good But there are witches in these woods Kirsty, that was um, incredible, and I have to say that the the video, the music video that you sent to us with that track was quite distracting. So I had to look away from it for quite a lot and just listen to the music. Yeah. Naked um, witches, bunch of naked yes. witches, essentially. So, but uh, the music is quite striking. So, so tell us about that track, please, Kirsty. Okay, I will. But I just very quickly want to clarify that the, the, the link that I sent was for a kind of you know a, lyric, a fan lyric video. So it had lots of images um, that were maybe not entirely appropriate, but certainly very atmospheric and clearly very horror. Um, so the the song itself is one that I absolutely love. It's a band um, that I've been doing for a while, um, um, but were new to me last year. It's an American um, got to get this. So this is fresh off their uh, Wikipedia page, uh, and they are an indie rock avant-garde collective um, who are known for combining indie rock, pop, and classical influences into lush compositions. Um, so the band is called Sandman. This is from a track from their 2015. Uh, uh, album called Jack Rabbit. Um, it was, you know, it's, I've said indie rock avant-garde stuff. It, the whole thing, when this in particular feels kind of, to me, it evokes kind of qualities of folk horror and southern gothic in particular. Um, I am, unlike I, f- I feel you two, but you might correct me, is I, as a music fan, um, I'm much more into kind of lyrics. I really like kind of lyrics and words, um, mm. and you know, the, I'm not. I appreciate music, but I'm not a kind of, you know, music kind of theorist or, you know, kind of somebody who, you know, analyzes music, but I love words. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason I love this song in particular is, um, well, two reasons. One is the lyrics. Um, It follows the tradition of, you know, kind of folk songs as stories and often folk songs, um, and I'm sure we'll discuss this later, kind of get into delivering quite twisted and horrific stories. Um, So the rough, although it's kind of quite oblique the rough story of the song is uh, about a boy um, and I assume a girl who somehow end up in woods and terrible terrible things happen um, and then we're left at the end of the song with this sort of sense that the boy is um, and possibly the girl as well um, you know kind of they come to a nasty end in the woods with the witches um, and yeah and kind of end up sort of haunting so there's very kind of visceral lyrics. So there's a kind of bit in the middle, middle that says your, um, so I'm just going to read it here. So your eyes are lovely, dark and dense. These little hands are parasites, pulling legs off salamanders. Get in there and hang on tight. Little creature you unspun. Take what they can take and leave you bleeding. The skin and bones and brains and blood whilst witches, they surround us. So it's, you know, kind of the lyrics are really kind of horror and, it, it, and it's awesome. you know yeah, yeah dark yeah. um it evokes in me as somebody with you know kind of pagan leanings that there's a real dark goddess energy about this song that i don't don't kind of read as all the witches are terrible there's something quite you know kind of for me quite relatable about that kind of that energy um even though this song's been told from a male perspective um so mm. there's that but it's also um the other reason I love it, I, and this is true of a lot of Sandman songs, I, I now know having listened to them repeatedly over the last year, is that the songs often start off really quiet and simple, and then they build and build and build. And there's a brilliant bit in it towards the kind of the climax of the song where this massive baritone saxophone comes in and blows your head off. Head off. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it comes with the um, which I really love. I kind of, you know, but it, it sort of, you know, and then you've got flutes in there and, you know, it's just beautiful. It's just yeah. beautiful, beautiful southern gothic, gothic madness with witches. There we go. Yeah. That's my and then, they, and then they, I love that they all fall apart laughing at the end, which makes yeah. me think <laughs> they really were like whirling dervishes yeah. doing, mm. doing the... Yeah. 
coffee bit all in the studio together is how it feels. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd never heard of this band before at all, but I'm going to go and get their stuff because it's right up yeah. my alley. I love no. sort of Fire Americana. Remind me of the National, a bit of Midlake. Yeah. Skins, maybe a bit of how, in there as well. Yeah, I don't know them actually, but maybe a bit of Giant Sand, Hal Gelb, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And yeah. yeah and, oh, these yeah. are all names that I don't recognise and I'm no, going well, to I'm, investigate. I'm just incredibly cool. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to, it's right up my alley, that kind of lo-fi Americana with with their sort of folky stuff mixed mm. in as well. It's weird because no, no. one of my choices was going to be some of the tracks from The Witch and then I felt like picking stuff from soundtracks was maybe cheating a bit. Um, but it's weird that this is like a real counterpoint to the film of The Witch, isn't it? It's like yeah. a totally different music style, but it has that it has that sort of scratchy, calm, folky stuff, and then it goes mental, <laughs> which, yeah, yeah. which lots of the, and, and, the Witch soundtrack and, does as well. It's the similar narrative in a different form as well, uh, which yeah. a, a lot of those songs are. And Kirsty, I, I, I credit you with introducing me to a lot of the, the power of these kind of storytelling folky songs. Yeah. Um, which I, I do really love. Um, I, I kind of swing both ways on, on the kind of music or lyrics thing. I, I, I think the real nectar is is where incredible lyrics are, are matched with really expressive music. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think we've got a nice mixture of, of different yeah. styles. Well, in, I, in I, love, I love it all. Obviously, I love words. But mm. because I spend my entire day writing, I cannot listen to anything with lyrics in it. Yeah, yeah. Same, so half the stuff I really love, I never listen to. So I'm sticking soundtracks on and I'm sticking, you know, I'm sticking classical music on and, you know, Bob Dylan hasn't had a play in a long time. <laughs> it's very hard to work to. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, shall we move on to the next track then? This yeah. one was chosen by you, Ian. Oh, uh, yeah. It is Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus, oh, yes. which was yeah. used in the soundtrack of the 1983 film The Hunger. So let's have yeah. a listen to that.
So I've never actually seen that film, Ian. Um, what? We should do an episode on it then. Because <laughs> well, it's well due a rewatch by me. And, and the first timer, you, uh, you'd, uh, you'd have a lot to bring to it. Could be a missed classic. I've, I've always had. Um, uh, uh, it's a Tony Scott film, isn't it? And I've always yeah. had a kind, of, a kind of dismissal of his stuff. I think the only Tony Scott film I've seen is Beverly Hills Cop Two, which is obviously not the greatest movie ever made. Um, but hunger, the, you know, should, should I just go out on a limb and say the hunger's slightly better than Beverly Hills Cop Two? Okay. Um, <laughs> I suppose that wouldn't be controversial opinion. Okay, um, but so what made you choose that track then? Yeah. Um, I just suddenly went, oh shit, yes. Even even if it hadn't been in a film, Bella Lugosi's Dead, it's it, it would sort of fit the bill as something that's horror, very much horror adjacent. It's yeah. um, absolute, it's an absolute trip of a absolute trip of some sort of early eighties goth, um, which. And the fact it's then in the hunger, and it's weird because it's very on the nose having having a goth band at the beginning of a thing about vampires is very mm. on the nose. But that kind of adds to the sort of it's all tied in with the adolescent me watching the hunger and just going, oh, goth music and the vampires, and also Bauhaus are from Northampton, which is where, <laughs> right, not where I was born, but where I grew up. So you used to see. Danny Ash in particular used to be wandering around. Um, so a friend of mine, I've never met him, but a friend of mine, I remember I was living with him and he, we were all sort of arty people and, you know, or slash on the dole, living in squalor and drinking and drawing and painting and drinking. And he painted, he bought these really weird boots. They weren't just power boots. They were like Air Force boots that inflated, so you pump them up with a bicycle pump, and they inflated around your bones. So if you crashed your plane, you uh, you you wouldn't break your bones. And he bought <laughs> these from the army surplus, and then painted them in mad, absolute mad colours. And and he was a really good artist. And then he went out, and then he came home in his socks. And uh, and I said, "Where's your boots?" And he said, "Oh, Danny Ash said I'll give you fifty quid," and gave me fifty <laughs> quid. <laughs> And then, he said, and then he walked home in his stocking feet because Danny Ash bought his boots off him in the middle of the park. Um, Danny Ash from Bauhaus, for I those. Suppose, yeah, I suppose you wouldn't yeah. say no to such a person. No, especially when we were literally on the doll as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's um, it's uh, but yeah. So so it's, it's all so that song in particular is just tied up with my adolescence, and I listen to it all the time. And I'd love to rewatch the film. Because the film has also got Bowie in it, being yes, all, all being all languid and then wearing and then getting very old, and Catherine Deneuve, and it's got it's got the sort of classic uh, the lesbians are coming classical music bit. Um, yeah, it has. This is the only thing I know about the film. It has it, it has the um, the music that was later kind of appropriated by I think is it British Airways. Yeah, yeah. Black May. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Track. Which yeah, is yeah. Associated with with the lesbian vampires. Yeah. So because of Rona Cameron, I always call it the lesbians are coming because she that's what she thought. <laughs> she says, "Oh, the lesbians are coming." She's <laughs> right. lesbian. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, all the time. But um, but yeah, just I mean, it's such a great. I mean, what do you guys think of it? Because I just think it's a really intense goth rock song. Yeah. And I really love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, you know, kind of one of when we were starting to do this, uh, and so I was starting to think about kind of choices and stuff. I, I kind of uh, predictably ended up thinking about the kind of Hannibal score and the the, the use of sort of Susie and the Banshees at the end, mm-hmm. um, and so that kind of, you know, I think eighties of eighties kind of goth, you know, mm. kind of new wavy stuff, um, you know, it, it, you know, it kind of visually and hourly kind of matches doesn't it in terms of the kind of tone of, of what mm. i think we all in different ways kind of grew up with is knowing or going and getting to know horror mm. as and i was when yeah. i was listening to the version that you sent earlier you know i was really sort of i felt really quite transported just by the kind of quality of the audio on you know kind of 80s yeah. movies um, yeah. and the you know the kind of this use of yeah so everything feels like it's a little bit and again to our contemporary is like it's in a jar or you know kind of a little bit far away which is really actually i find now increasingly unsettling yeah so i think if anything it's mm. got it, it's it's more unsettling now than maybe i you know when i first saw the film i think 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, when did you last watch the film, Kirsty? Oh God, um, we haven't seen it for twenty years. Well, yeah, that's I'm probably really... where I am. I think with it, yeah, you know, I certainly haven't watched it in, in a point where it felt like it was like you know many years in the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt, I think when I saw future it, ep- I future episode to... then. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, maybe. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Wow. I think I was. I think I was probably twenty something just after uni, but um, yeah, but I yeah. think it is a formative film for a lot of people. I've just yeah. kind of never um, encountered it. Uh, so, and Ian, you wanted to mention a different version of this song. Yeah, well, not just different, but I'd say definitive. Which is um, for those people who like Bauhaus uh, and, and for some reason haven't heard of this, but it's Trent Reznor and Pete Murphy from from Bauhaus and TV TV on the radio who are a great band as well doing a live version and it's and i've i've uh yeah i listen to that version in the car quite often when no one else right. is looking it's uh but yeah trent reson's got he's got quite a good voice hasn't he <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't he he's all right fair enough yeah it really is very good i'll put the link to that version in the show mm. notes then okay if we move on to the next track it's a choice of mine and it is the uh, 1971 song The Lightning Tree by The Settlers, which may be known best as the theme tune to the 1971 Yorkshire TV children's series Follyfoot. So here's the track. Stands a lightning tree. It's limbs all torn from the day it was born. For the tree was born in a thunderstorm. Grow, grow the lightning tree. It's never too late for you and me. Grow, grow the lightning tree. Never give in too easily. Lightning struck in the middle of the night Lips stripped bare by the lightning flare The lightning flare was a wild affair Grow, grow the lightning tree It's never too late for you and me Grow, grow the lightning tree Never give in too easily Down in the meadow where the wind blows cold The lightning tree stands stiff and old Branches bent by the lightning rent Lightning went from the firmament Grow, grow the lightning tree Never give in too easily Kirsty, I'm going to ask you what your reaction was because I know you mentioned that it was on your long list of tracks that you might have chosen. Yeah, well I think it, it, it's... Yeah, it, is it? It occupies this sort of sort of weird space in my memory of starting to become aware of folk music and the kind of darkness inherent in folk music. Mm. And there's, there's, you know, and I think this this track is good good at doing it, as is you know a lot of the stuff in the Wickerman, which is that sort of sense of it's lovely. Like on one level, it's lovely and pretty, and you know. And then there's this, just this undercurrent underneath, which is just... Yeah, there's a power beneath it, isn't there? Yeah. That always struck me as a child, and it's completely disconnected from the the series that it was attached to, which is a children's drama about a stables. But the music is kind of terrifying, but also really moving and uh, and positive at the same time. You know, the lyrics um, never give in too easily. Uh, yeah. things like that you know it, it's quite inspirational i find and that's why yeah. i picked it it's funny i don't i don't really remember the series that much at all but the the theme really st- stuck with me and i was trying to it was funny because i was trying to find find those things that you know when i was looking um for you know for, for material for this i was trying to find and i and i just i didn't know what it was called and i didn't <laughs> want to see it but i just have a really strong memory of it and then when you posted the link i was like oh and there it is so right. you know, can, I, can i just say i've never heard of this program or i never heard of this song before okay today. well um, it sounds it sounds lovely i love i you know we're all a bit folky I, I would say that it's before your time, but it's not really. It's before, my it's before my time. I, yeah. I think I must have grown up seeing repeats of it 
And oh, it right. used to be on Sunday mornings. Is it on ITV? We make it yes. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're a non-ITV house, aren't you? Yeah. Which will, which will come into play during my next choice, I think. But, um, <laughs> yes, that explains that. Well, um, let's move on then. So the next choice, funnily enough, is your choice, Ian, and it's another 70s TV theme. It's the music from Children of the Stones. This is written by Sidney Sega and performed by the delightfully named Ambrosian Singers. Let's have a listen. <laughs> Ian, Children of the Stones. Um, yeah, well, like I was saying, I we didn't really watch ITV when I was a kid in our house because my dad worked for the BBC and my mum said anything with adverts on was for peasants. And <laughs> she, Beautiful. She, 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 I think at some point in her life she used the word peasants as a sort of joke and now she uses it all the time. Oh, you're watching Combination Street, you peasant. And it, it's, it could maybe be construed as being a bit snobby. But um, but we had this. We didn't we didn't have a ban on ITV, and occasionally we watched them. Like I watched Rainbow, talking of okay. being terrified of folk. <laughs> Rod Jane and Freddie were terrifying. Um, but um, okay. So we was, but we just generally didn't watch ITV. We generally, my parents, if if I guess they'd only turn over if what was on BBC One or Two had displeased them, and then they might venture and go, oh god, there's a load of rubbish or some adverts and I'll turn back or just turn the TV off. So we just didn't really look. We only had the, obviously the three channels. Um, but yeah, but, um, and I used to hear people talking about Children of the Stones and really feeling like I'd missed out on something amazing, which I had. Um, and then when I went to stay with my friend, and this was over just over 10 years ago, I went for a summer, I went to basically sort of write for a summer and stay with him um, in Uffington near the White Horse. Um, which is not that far away from uh, from uh, Avebury, um, and he had them all on DVD, and he, and the house he was in was owned by the vicarage, and was far too big for him, and was basically really haunted. Not that I believe in that sort of thing. It was really haunted, and it was built over the graveyard. And the bit I was sleeping in was a newer bit, which was definitely built over the graveyard. And there was a really spooky church that we had to go and lock up. And that was haunted, definitely. Um, so it's all sort of mixed up with this mad summer. And they and they did have sort of, they, they did, it did feel like, Uffington's an amazing place, but it does feel like something out of Children of the Stones. Everyone's very happy. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> happy day. Happy day. <laughs> Happy day. Yeah, we did used to say that. But, but yeah, so I first started watching this um, just, you know, in my 40s, and it scared the Jesus out of me, the music. And then I was by myself in this house, and it after what, having watched this children's programme from the 70s alone in the house, I had that, something is following me around this big old house and had the most amazing nightmare slash maybe a visitation while I was in that while I was trying while I was in the room that was over a over a oh. over a graveyard. There were things in that room and I put it all down to the this music absolutely unsettling me like crazy. Because it's so amazing, isn't it? Um, it is it's it's full on. What do you think, Kirsty? I guess you're familiar with both the music and the show given your reaction um, yeah. to the happy day. Yeah, I listened the listened to the the was it BBC 
Oh, the podcast version. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Baffle Gap version. It's yeah. a lovely, lovely to kind of get reacquainted with the story. But no, I, I, again, I hadn't really remembered the music from, from the TV show. Um, I'm not even sure. I mean, I'm again familiar with it. But I'm not sure when I encountered it, you know, or whether or not I ever saw it in its entirety. But, the, you know, I was listening again to the, the stuff that you that you sent in. It was just, again, it sort of struck me as beautifully sort of atmospheric and, and exactly what you'd want, you know. It, yeah. It, you, you know, they kind of we've we've all gone pretty hard into the kind of folk horror. <laughs> well, yes, we apparently, have. I, I never knew that. Apparently, it's apparently it's saying an Icelandic word over and oh, over okay. again. Oh, okay. Hadave. It's according okay. to uh, according well, to that the makes sense. thing I'm reading right. here. What does that mean? Do you know? I do not know. It's probably something <laughs> really like mundane. <laughs> yeah, stones. stones. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's just much scarier but, um, to say it in Icelandic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've probably just said something really foul to uh, Icelandic <laughs> listeners. Apologies. Well, Apologies. Um, when the podcast is converted to text, we might find out. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I've not seen it for a long time, and I haven't heard the podcast. It's a really good suggestion to re-listen to listen to the podcast rather than re-watching the show yeah. because um, I've kind of forgotten the details of the story, but I, I loved it, and obviously the music is very. Evocative yeah. and um, scarily um, uncompromising for a children's program. The music yeah, yeah. just sounds like an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's a good one. Right, on to the next one then. So um, the next one's one of yours, Kirsty. It's mm-hmm. a song called That Funny Feeling by Bo Burnham. Before we played the song, I put it here because I thought... Um, it's different to all the other tracks we've chosen, so it well, belongs yes. in the middle. Um, okay. So, um, and, and we'll talk about it after we've listened to a bit of it, so here we go. Stunning 8K resolution meditation app In honour of the it's half off at the gap Deadpool self-awareness Loving parents Harmless fun The backlash to the backlash To the thing that's just begun There it is again That funny feeling That funny feeling There it is again That funny feeling That funny feeling The Surgeon General's pop-up shop Robert Iger's face Discount Etsy agitprop Bugles take on race Female Colonel Sanders, easy answer, civil war. The whole world at your fingertips, the ocean at your door. The live action Lion King, the Pepsi halftime show. 20,000 years of this, seven more to go. Carpool Karaoke, Steve Aoki, Logan Paul A gift shop at the gun range, a mass shooting at the mall There it is again, that funny feeling That funny feeling There it is again funny feeling that funny feeling reading Pornhub's terms of service going for a drive and obeying all the traffic laws in Grand Theft Auto 5 so Kirsty um, I, I don't know anything about that 
um, the track or, or the album or the artist. So please give us some context. Okay. It's, it is quite disturbing. Yes. So the context of this is actually it's from a comedy special, Dan. That's the first thing to kind of that you should know about that. And Bo Burnham is oh, really? known as a stand-up comedian, or at least he was before. Um, but he's a sort of does kind of music comedy. Um, so inside is the um, stand-up special that he produced by himself, allegedly, um, in lockdown in one room. Um, okay. And it is, and it's, it, it, it just it took my breath away. It's so stunning and so it clever. It really is. So Go and watch it. it. Go and watch it immediately, and then there's um, on Netflix. Oh. There's also the outtakes as well, so there's like a whole bonus hour that exists. Oh, so it's on there. Netflix, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So okay, this, I'll put the link so, in. Yeah. So the thing that you need to know about Bo Burnham is that, at least in his stage persona, he's not a well bunny. Um, in that he's <laughs> you know struggled with kind of fame. He struggled with his mental health. Um, he struggled. A lot of his comedy sort of talks about relationships between sort of star, you know, performer and audience, and relationship with technology and what social media is doing to us as a culture and to young people specifically, and all of this stuff. So the story of Inside essentially is him making a comedy special in one room, allegedly kind of chronologically through the pandemic, and gen you know the story essentially is horror. It, it's psychological trauma. It's a man losing his mind in one small you know one small space um so this song uh, that funny feeling sort of operates in the film at around the sort of act two low point it's like when he's really right. properly lost his shit um so it's a kind of again sort of folky song it, the, you know the tone of it is quite kind of upbeat and it's a list of these kind of you know stark juxtapositions of kind of contemporary culture but it all kind of alludes to you know this kind of covid era existential crisis the environment you know kind of technological crisis apocalypse that sort of sense that human western culture in particular has got to a point where we're all just like you know frogs sitting in increasingly warm water um, mm, and not really caring about the fact that it's all ending so there's just some beautiful kind of I say beautiful in the way that I describe horror as beautiful sometimes yeah, um, I agree they're like these kind of lovely juxtapositions of things like uh, a gift shop at the gun range a mass shooting at the mall you know yeah, that you know, kind of stuff like that um, is really powerful yeah, and then yeah. Yeah. About, you know kind of um, full agoraphobic losing focus cover blown a book on getting better hand delivered by a drone by a drone yeah yeah, yeah. amazing again yeah um, and then, they can, and then the, uh, the kind of final sorry the final line is yeah before the kind of refrain is um, the quiet comprehending of the ending of it all yeah. And then it kind of goes into this frame, which is just, you know, we just sort of keep saying, you know, hey, what can you say? We're overdue and then it'll be over soon. And it's yeah. just, oh, Well, gosh. no, that was the line that, because uh, the line that I wanted you to clarify for me because yeah. I wasn't aware of the context of the song and yeah. I thought, was this written before the pandemic or afterwards? No, 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 it's very much in. It doesn't refer to, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but what struck me was that he doesn't really explicitly refer to anything particularly covid -y. But then he says, but we were overdue. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. just yeah. sums up the pandemic. And there were lines, lines earlier as well where he says, sorry, I went to pick, pick this up about um, mm. uh, the whole world at your fingertips, the ocean at your door, 20,000 years of this, and seven more to go. I've missed a line there, but it's just that sort of sense of, you know, kind of those mm. countries, that juxtaposition between we have so much, but, you know, we're not mm. kind of taking care of us, <laughs> taking care of uh, taking care of ourselves as a culture, as a species, as a planet. It's really mm. unsettling, and it, you know, the more I, I love inside, and it's it's you know, it's maybe not as uh, as genuine as it might first appear, um, oh, but right. it's so well crafted, and I think even if it might, you know, kind of be. More you, mean gen than you mean genuine in the sense of that he made it on his own in in, in those well, conditions. Well, yeah, the, in the, it it seems because a lot of his stuff is is really about the kind of what is performance and what is real, what is him mm. genuinely having this experience, and what is him uh, as a performer putting on or leaning into that experience is difficult to to discern mm. sometimes. But I think the sentiments behind it are really relatable um, and genuine, as in he means this stuff, but whether or not he's you know quite feeling it as strongly as he, you know, seems to be performing it is, is sometimes kind of questionable. Well, he's a, he is an actor. Yeah, 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 and a very I mean, good one. God, so. he's a, have you seen Promising Young Woman? Yes, amazing. Oh, he, he, yeah, I have. I didn't realise. Yeah, he's the boyfriend in that. 
Yeah. Right, okay. Such a nice because he seems like such a nice guy, which is why the casting of him as the yeah, so nice perfect guy boyfriend is quite mm. a shock. Yeah, great film. But um, yeah, I love Bo Burnham. I first saw him in 2010 at Edinburgh when he. Oh, get you, clang! No, well, <laughs> it was my first Edinburgh with a play on. But um, yeah, but um, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah, but it was I'd never heard of him, and everyone everyone was killing to get tickets. So I killed someone and got a ticket, and well he, it was when he just and, and everyone was saying, "Oh, we got famous off YouTube," which made me go, "Well, that sounds shit." And then he wasn't shit, and YouTube is just a perfectly valid place to uh, to be successful if you're good. Um, but you know, times change, don't they? But yeah, so he became famous on YouTube, and then he became. Mm-hmm huge around the planet and it was one of the most electric electric um performances i've ever seen and he was god he was probably 21 or something then yeah um, just amazing but then all of his specials are worth seeing they're 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 just they just hit the absolute sweet spot for me because he's kind of inane like he's an idiot like i am like the, like the simpsons humor it's deep yeah. and inane and he's right. so he's deep and inane all at the same time and and he makes you cry yeah. Uh, occasionally he's just yeah. everything one in in a performer and all of his specials i think they're all on netflix are they all are, worth yeah. watching yeah but in, well i'm not, yeah, not sure they all are but most of them are so yeah i i think i have watched or maybe i've yeah maybe i've I've lost track of where i've been watching them um but yeah i've seen them all and i mean some of his stuff's more accessible it's like yeah go and watch this it's it's like really fu- it's really funny and then inside is like this is like him getting deep into his craft and there's a pandemic on, but um, but as I was saying off mic, the it's, it's got so many great things in it. But the thing that stayed with m- my wife and I because it did really move us is there's a song called White Woman's Instagram, and every any and it's and it's just such a big list of like inane things that people do um, mm. on like oh god, you probably be able to remember it better than me, Kirsty, but it's just like. It's like a picture of some rocks, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, but, 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 but even in that one, it goes kind yeah. of it doesn't let you get away. Yeah. You're like laughing at this white yeah. woman Instagram, but then it goes, "I miss you, mom, mom, yeah. and so yeah. and see, it's kind of oh, so it's going good. But every time me or my wife do something, usually me do something shit and a bit too public or a bit too hug you hugs or any any of that shit on in. <laughs> On the on the internet, we we will sort of come in and go white woman's Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> and it means we've uh, we've we've committed a social media sin of being yeah. a bit of being a bit want to be sick. <laughs> You've been too sentimental on Facebook. You've put up a cat poster, some cat poster wisdom, or a picture of fo- yeah, that's that's it. Um, yeah, footprints on a beach. <laughs> With an emotional quote over the <laughs> <laughs> it's all that sort of stuff, but yeah, but yeah, everyone should go and watch Inside and Bo yeah. Burnham in general. Uh, I certainly will. I, I love you the will. sound of it straight away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great, very, okay. very clever stuff. Oh, fantastic choice, Kirsty. Okay, well, let's move swiftly on because I've got my eye on the time. So, we're going to do two tracks now in a row because they're both from sort of British 70s horror films. I say sort of British because the first one is The Omen, which was made in Britain but is an American film. Um, and that's my choice, part of the soundtrack by Jerry Goldsmith. It's a, a track called The Dog's Attack. And then we're going to follow it with a bit of music which is honestly not my choice, but it is from my favourite film, <laughs> The Wicker Man, Ian Cho's Willow Song, which on YouTube is listed as by Paul Giovanni, but I like to say is by Annie Ross and Magnet. Magnet is the name of the band, and Annie Ross is the vocalist who dubbed, uh, what's her name? You know, Brit Eklund. I was going to say Brit Eklund, but then I thought I'll get it wrong if I say Brit Eklund, but there we go. Yeah, so, um, so <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Oh! 
Okay, so first there you heard a little bit of the soundtrack from The Omen by Jerry Goldsmith, conducted by Lionel Newman, I think, is the same team who did the soundtrack for Alien, which Ian and I discussed a little while ago. And then we had the, the kind of vast contrast of uh, Willow's song, which is beautiful, from The Wicker Man. Um, uh, so um, the reason I chose The Omen is because I thought we've got to have some Jerry Goldsmith in there, because... Um, when I think of frightening music from movies, it's usually by him, but I didn't want to choose anything from Alien because we discussed that quite recently. Um, but I also think um, that The Dog's Attack is just a bizarrely fun uh, choral nightmare, a violent thing which always makes me laugh. I just kind of imagine um, a mad pianist when, when playing it. It's so rhythmic. Um, the funny thing about The Omen is that I used to love the film, but I haven't watched it for about 25 years, um, and I'm much more familiar with the music now, and I, and I might, uh, if I went back to it, I think I might find it disappointing. I'd rather just keep listening to the music. Um, it's not It's uh, not disappointing. I watched it fairly recently. We should have an episode on that as well. It's oh, a okay. Great, great film, but I, I listen to this music. To, it's, one, it's on my list of things I write to. Um, okay. it's, in my, it's in my folder. And every time we get to the dog's attack bit, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna listen to this. It's really good, really good, but this has put me off my put me off my writing a bit. And I sometimes <laughs> then I then I then I'll go, let's go to something that's a bit a bit. A that's bit the thing, it is very in your face, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. That's kind yeah, of the yeah. mark of, of, of these scores. Um, yeah. uh, did you have any thoughts about that, Kirsty? And listening to it kind of separately um I, you know kind of get very atmospheric and indeed very dramatic piece of music that you know kind of builds nicely but i i yeah i'm not one of those people on the whole that chooses to listen to kind of film soundtracks separately mm. so for me it's often just wrapped up in that experience of of watching the film and the exception to that is when it has lyrics um or if i and even when I'm writing, I'm not listening to kind of film soundtracks because I tend to like it influences my mood too much. <laughs> so if I'm writing, which I'm, I'm sure for Ian, for you as a kind of creative writer, 
then that's probably exactly what you need is to listen to the kind of, you know, the soundscapes that are going to put you in that headspace that you need for writing. Whereas I'm, you know, kind of writing more analytically. Um, and yeah, so I really yeah. often don't want to be in a dark headspace or a dramatic headspace or so feel a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I'd be listening to this if I was writing an essay. No, so I tend to listen to sort of <laughs> more kind of lo-fi kind of, uh, you know, um, folk electronica stuff, things like Bonobo, who I just love, um, you know, which puts me in a really nice sort of even upbeat headspace. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, listening to it's a piece of music today, sort of in preparation for this, you know, I enjoyed, enjoyed it. And I thought, I, you know, clearly this is, it's clearly horror soundtrack um and and you know kind of grand and operatic and everything that means yeah that's a, a fairly good summary of it grand and operatic mm. um yeah quite a contrast to willow's song ian which was your choice yeah um, well well this is I, I was sort of saying before that i don't i can't listen to anything with lyrics but this is on my this is in my folder that i generally just sort of i have a whole bunch of soundtracks and sometimes they're all all if if, if it sort of suits a sort of horror type thing I just tend to sort of click the entire folder and it shuffles it. And one of the ones that's in there, I don't have the Wicker Man soundtrack on because it's too mental. To uh, <laughs> I just couldn't work with that. But uh, I do have Willow's. I do have Willow's song and a few covers uh, by various people. That so every so often this pops up and I can carry on walking. So, but I just love this version. And then we do also have to sort of because uh, as I said, I was I was almost going to choose. Uh, Moon Dance by uh, by Van Morrison because of my <laughs> enduring love of Jenny Agatha in American Werewolf in London. Um, so, but this occupies for some reason occupies a similar similar part <laughs> of my brain, um, which is because of uh, well, it's not Brett Eklund at all, is it? But it's uh, her, it's her body. It's Brett Eklund's uh, face and her body yeah. doubles, um, and no, and, and and her chest, Brett Eklund's chest and face, but her body <laughs> yeah. doubles every everything below the waist. Um, yeah, and yeah. From the back, uh, yes. Yeah, but it, um, but it is, it is, um, it is, it is an absolutely amazing scene, though. Like, you know, repressed, repressed, uh, repressed uh, Edward Woodward, um, and the slapping of the wood and the oh, slapping yeah. of the body and the and the uh, and and it, I mean, Giovanni himself described it as filth, didn't he? Um, yeah. yeah. You know, so and it's and I, I did say I basically I want to get fair maid white and red comb you smooth and stroke your head how I make the milk a bull and every stroke a bucket full. <laughs> yeah, so Paul yeah. Giovanni wrote. No one's lyrics. having sex tonight. If basically, um, said that. <laughs> Giovanni said that his his technique was basically to find real folk songs, but then rewrite them so they were more filthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah, how yeah. we got the songs from the Wicker Man, and I will say you don't realise how brilliant it is until you you've seen the, the the original cut of the movie because half of that song is cut out of the uh, uh, of the version that was released theatrically, and mm. they've moved the scene so it doesn't have the same context, but also you lose loads of the song, um, and even on the original soundtrack album, it was the edited version of the song. So uh, it it took years for me to hear the full version of it, um, uh, and uh, and in fact that, those lines I think you just quoted are, are cut out of it in the in the released film. So the, the um, bit. <laughs> it, indeed, that's why the the extended version of the film is worth going to. Um, yeah, yeah. I think oh, that's the version I've always watched. Um, well, not not always, but so many times. A bit like. I have at some point seen Alien, Aliens, the original version, but I've never watched it since the longer version came out. I think I'm a bit like that with Wicker Man. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm similar. Um, okay, so we're coming to the end then. Mm -hmm. So, um, listeners, I, I had a little... The last um, bucket full. Uh, yeah, so to speak. So oh, I, had, I had a little treat, which is one of my guilty pleasures, uh, which is the music from uh, Jaws the Revenge.
have either of you um, ever been struck by that? I've never seen. Really? I've never seen the film. Me either. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I you know what, Dan? Be... I heard it was shit, and I didn't what? bother watching it. <laughs> well, I mean, arguably, it is. Uh, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I thought it should be on this list was because Jaws: The Revenge is both a horror film and a Christmas film. Okay, it's not very good at being either thing, but at least it tries. But the music by Michael Small. Uh, is fantastic um, and you know the, the main theme although obviously it's it, it's kind of riffed from John Williams's theme from the original Jaws and he deserves credit it's it's a wonderful arrangement I would go as far as to say it's the best piece of music from any of the Jaws films actually yeah. um, so that that is my kind of silly Easter egg but for a more kind of serious ending to our discussion we have a track coming up which was chosen by Kirsty. It's called Goodbye, and it's by the band Apparat, and it's the theme tune from the series Dark, which ran from 2017 to 20, um, which I had never seen, but I found the music quite striking. Yeah, uh, Kirsty just held up her hands in despair. <laughs> Kirsty, you're not the first person to recommend was, it to me. I never got round to it. Uh, yes, well, I, I shall see it, but. Got your life not, out, Dan. Sort yes, of okay, Dan. Absolutely. So, Kirsty, um, yes. you you chose this track. I did. Why did you choose this <laughs> um, music? Well, partly because um, I've been there's a wonderful playlist on um, on Spotify, which is all the music from Dark, um, which this you know, which has got a wonderful um, kind of selection of songs um, across the three seasons. Um, but this is the 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 song that is used as the title. Um, music. Um, so it's by Apparat, who is a uh, is the, the the stage name for a German electronic artist called Sasha Ring. Um, it features uh, an Australian neoclassical dark wave act called Soap and Skin, um, yeah, and yeah. she yeah, she does the vocals. Um, so it's from an album called The Devil's Walk, you know, which was released in 2011. You can tell I've been Wikipediaing everything before we started. <laughs> um, so I mean, what what I love about this is just it's so. I mean, I love the show. I love the show. And, you know, I think Ian and I are going to make a very strong case for the reason why we should be doing an episode on it. Um, yeah. But um, this piece of music is just so kind of beautifully kind of atmospheric. And I, it gets, again, it sort of starts off really slowly. Um, and it has this kind of instrumentation. It sounds like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm again, not a music person. So I'm going to get this wrong. But there's this sort of kind of sort of clattering kind of instrumentation. It sounds to me always like kind of the wind through the trees. It mm -hmm. feels like this This song for me is very good at sort of placing me into a kind of wood and in the leaf litter, weirdly, mm. um, which, you know, kind of is like the kind of woodland is a really strong setting in, in dark anyway. Um, and it's just that beautiful kind of juxtaposition of the kind of haunting vocal and the kind of very sparse um, and very deep and dark kind of instrumentation behind it, which I mm -hmm. just absolutely love. And then it's, you know, the kind of just like bits of lyrics, which are kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of nightmarish. And yeah, so like lyrics like I was just a bad dream. Soak up mm -hmm. my tears uh, and watch the only, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, don't don't tell me why. Kiss me goodbye, um, mm -hmm. and it's just oh, yeah, you know beautifully simple, can very oblique. So it's not really clear what it means. So it can mean anything if you're gonna catch you know <laughs> if it suits mm -hmm. your mood, um, and it's just it's just lovely. And I just you know I love dark you know dark really music, is. gothic music. It's beautiful, 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 yeah. beautiful. Um, can I also Kirsty? Um, sorry, Ian. Um, yeah. Because it's, a, I'm surprised because obviously I didn't know anything about the context, but it's from a German TV series, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. It, you said it was a German band, but the lyrics are in English. Yes, is they are. Is that usual? Is that for the band, um, I mean, or is um, it just this particular no, song? No, it doesn't. I mean, I've listened to a fair bit of Apparat and Soap and Skin. It doesn't seem to be um, unusual. Um, a lot of the music from the show is, um, you know, kind of Western culture kind of music. There are some kind of German mm -hmm. influences in 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 the show, and particularly when it. And again, no spoilers, but there was are historic references um, in different kind of directions. Um, so it's mm -hmm. a really interesting kind of mix of of music, but it always kind of favours that. Um, 
yeah, things that sort of feel, you know, feel sort of slightly more left field, seem yeah. kind of darker. Um, and the show itself, we're going not not part of this particular thing, but in the first episode, had a br- has a brilliant use of uh, Dead or Alive, you spin me round. <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. really right. horrible um and that's a, no, that, that's a horror track in my mind any as right. well now <laughs> what's your take on the music from dark then yeah well, i guess what kirsty said it's a very nice piece of music to an amazingly amazingly well put together little puzzle box of a uh, of three seasons um which i i would recommend anyone to watch i mean i guess it's horror adjacent because it's not horror is it it's, no i mean uh, yeah yeah, it's it, yeah. genre-wise, it's more. Sci- I guess it's sort of sci-fi, isn't it? It's very, very naturalistic sci-fi. Yeah. Um, okay. There uh, are, yeah, but there are occult elements, and we've got the wood setting, and yeah, yeah, know, oh yeah, yeah. It's creepy. Know. It's creepy. It is really creepy. Pretty creepy, but it's not. It's 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 sort of very much on the border of yeah. being horror. I think I think good sci-fi, or at least the sci-fi that I'm attracted to, is frightening even if it's not horror yeah there's something yeah, yeah. uncanny about it and if oh yeah it's, it's, it's it. definitely got that uncanniness that's a good word for it yeah it's it's mm. people don't know what's going on and the reason the reasons aren't necessarily normally horror but no. um but right. it still has that uncanniness it's, yeah it's and it all focuses yeah it all focuses around i mean you'll see it on the poster this is not a spoiler this is the main image is a spooky cave in the middle of a spooky wood yeah. So okay. that's where everything starts and where everything comes back to constantly okay. uh, over three mad seasons. So, uh, but to say more than that would probably to be spoil it. Well, that sounds like a pretty good hook for a horror audience. Oh, okay, yeah, Kirsty. Yeah. Well, thank you for choosing that. We will play out on that track then, as it is called "Goodbye." It seems only appropriate. Um, on that note, um, before I say goodbye to the two of you, just mention our friend Stella, who we hoped would be here, but is sadly too busy already, as I'm sure you both are as well. Um, you know, the the, the, uh, the the working year has started quickly, hasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. As it does. I, I feel like we'd have had more metal. That was one reason I chose Bauhaus, because I feel like we would have had more metal. Um Oh, don't worry. We'll give Stella the chance to to bring her own choices another time. I think this was fun, so I'm sure we'll do a similar thing again. Yeah, yeah. Here comes uh, Apparat with Dark. Thank you so much, Kirsty, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Out of the charts, but not out of your hands. Here comes Apparat. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you very much, Ian. And Happy New Year to you too. And thank you very much, listener. Here's to 2023. You'll be hearing more from us soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. listening to 
And now the podcast starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Kirsty Warrow, Ian Winterton, and T.D. Velasquez. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows, and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web, www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details. Or visit our Facebook pages at andnowpod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at And Now Podcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash And Now Podcast. And now the podcast stops.